Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Elizabeth Hall online. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I am awesome. I'm really looking forward to this conversation because a lot of the work that I do in the burnout space talk about nutrition. We talk about a lot of things. So I want to share a little bit about you and the work you do and we'll dive right in. Sure, sure. I'd love to. Um, so I'm an intuitive eating counselor and a professional life coach, which means I sort of bring together elements of working with food and body um, with elements of life coaching. And my focus is really on helping people get out of the paradigm that we've been put in so much with the focus on dieting and with the focus on micromanaging and controlling our bodies and really bring it back to our own inner wisdom as far as what's best for us. Because, I mean, there's many, many, many different ways of eating out there, but there's also many, many, many different people. And we're all different. We've all had different experiences. And so it's really about coming back to what makes our body feel good. And that's so critical, too, because, you know, there's no shortage. You go into a bookstore and you see walls of how to eat. Here's this, this type of diet, that type of diet, everything like that. And everybody grabs it thinking, okay, this is going to fit me. Well, it's, it's literally saying, okay, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to buy a pair of jeans and I'm not going to look at sizes. I'm just going to grab them because it'll fit me. Right. <laughs> Unless you are really good, you, you know, you're just closing your eyes and grabbing a pair of jeans. They're not going to fit you because you're going to grab the wrong size. Everyone comes in different sizes and different makeups. And, you know, I, I tell people, you know, food intolerances, you know, there's so many intolerances that a lot of people have that they're just blissfully unaware that they do. Uh, and getting an understanding of what makes you tick and what foods are right for you, you know, the right time to eat, all of those things are dynamically different for, for each of us. So, you know, this is amazing work that you're doing. Yeah. And I love that analogy of the genes. I might have to borrow that sometime. Um, uh, and and for me, it's also about going that that giant step backwards and looking at really what are you trying to achieve? What what's going on in your life? How are you feeling in life in general? Because often we even also turn to that food manipulation. Sometimes it can be a distraction from something else we don't want to look at in our life, something else we're afraid to change. And so it seems super easy to just oh I'll go on this diet or I'll try to control my food or I'll change my body. And the world makes it sound like it's super easy. And again, sometimes it's not the thing that really um, our attention could be put in a different place um, that would be more supportive of us overall. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, you know, they think that, okay, I'm not losing weight or I'm not gaining weight because I need to do this and this. But if there's something that's going on in their life that's mm -hmm. uh, stressful, uh, or, you know, problematic, it could be emotional, whatever the case may be, your body needs to use energy to address that stress. And that means it's taking energy from other parts of what your body does on a daily basis, which is 
absolutely miraculous, quite frankly, when you think mm-hmm. about it. Good thing we good thing we don't have to think about breathing so much because I think every one of us would probably pass out every day because whoops, I forgot to breathe. But you know, our body does a lot of things. But if there's stressors and that, your body's doing things to address that, which means it's taking away from digestion and other areas, or you know, that's why you end up seeing, you know, sales of antacids and all the other stuff go through the roof because people are you know dealing with some other things that like you said you know they may not be comfortable dealing with and uh, the longer you hold on uh, the longer it's going to go on you know the, there's a quote that says you know what you resist persists and it's you know using another quote from brian tracy you know eat the frog first so deal with those challenging things yes it's not comfortable you don't mm-hmm. like it but the sooner you get through or around that situation, the better it's going to be for you in the short term and the long term. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I love the analogy of breathing because in some ways our food can be that easy. We don't have to think about it that much. Again, when we're in tune with ourselves and when we are addressing the real issues that might be there that could be affecting what we're doing with food, or like you said, could be affecting our digestion or our energy or any of those things. Um, so many people try to control it only from the food front. And I'm not saying we never control it from the food front, but so many times there's a couple different angles that aren't being looked at at the same time. So um, that can be really useful. Absolutely. So, so walk us through some of the work that you do and how you help some people or teams uh, in helping them get, you know, a better understanding about you know the life coaching and and the food and all of that stuff you know without giving away the kernel secret recipe which is probably a really bad analogy uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know if that shows up on any nutrition chart um, nothing against KFC but um, I don't think that ranks high on the this is something you should have in your diet on a you know daily basis yeah although it is a fun food and we don't want to eliminate those cuz you know life is also supposed to be fun so what i generally support people with is when they come to me maybe they've had a chronic dieting issue that was my issue for 30 years it was bopping from thing to thing from diet to diet um kind of always looking for that answer outside of myself and so people who come to me sort of have that same they're in that same place And maybe they like or they don't like their body in that current state. And they've been trying to control it and change it from this food place. And so, again, what I take them through is kind of stepping back to, well, what is your story? How did you get here in the first place? And what I always find is is something you alluded to a a little while ago, which is the body is always trying to do the best that it can in every moment. And it's always doing something to protect us. It's always doing something to help us. So someone might have developed an eating issue or used using food as a coping mechanism because of something challenging that came up in their life, maybe at a time where they had fewer resources. So it's never about making people feel bad about what they've done, but it's really about normalizing it and really seeing the body's brilliance. And then having more awareness around whatever's going on with someone, we can then choose how to move forward in a way that overall feels good and gets at the root of the emotional pieces and the mental pieces and the spiritual pieces in addition to that physical piece with whatever they're doing with food. Um, So I have clients come with 
you know, they can't stop calorie counting. They've been doing it for so long. It's taking up enormous amounts of mental energy. It's taking up enormous amounts of emotional energy. And so, you know, we, we go back to that place where it started, normalize it, realize it was really a brilliant thing and maybe you don't need it anymore. So how would you like to go forward for the, you know, the rest of your life without this behavior? And uh, we shift that behavior so that they can have more clarity, more freedom, more joy in their relationship with food. So that's just one example of, of something that someone might come to me with. Um, so they, they walk in the doorway of food and we essentially explore pretty much everything else um, because it's, the food is usually a, a sort of a metaphor for what they're doing or how they're living, but it's usually not really the problem that we think it is. Yeah, the relationship with food, I think for a lot of people, you know, it was obviously how they were brought up for one. And then uh, they determined, okay, you know, this is how we eat. And then, you know, let's say they get married. And of course that family did things a little bit differently. And, and sometimes they, they merge. And if they're, you know, the, you know, if they came from similar backgrounds, then there's a chance that, you know, the food uh, intake and, and what they choose to eat, you know, may mimic uh, in both things and mm-hmm. carry on forward. And of course, as, as we age, you know, our metabolism and our bodies change and there's certain things that uh, we become intolerant to. Like, for example, for me, beef, beef and me are not friends. Mm-hmm. Um, as a younger adult and child, you know, consumed quite a bit of it in my household. It was one of those things where that seemed to be the norm, you know, where other types of meats and veggies, not so much. And now it's like if I even look at beef, you know, I'm going to have some stomach issues for a couple of days. So I don't consume it. And a lot of people, you know, choose, you know, they want to go vegan or vegetarian. You know, that that's, you know, their choice. But, you know, for me, it was a situation where it's like, yeah, if I eat that, I'm not going to be feeling well for at least two days, if not longer. So for me, I, I, I know I, I cannot eat that because I don't want to throw two days, pardon the pun, down the toilet um, because um, I ate something. That's the last thing I want. I want the food to give me the energy and feeling well so that I can be my optimum best at whatever I'm doing, whether it's working, speaking at conferences, writing, watching a sporting event, going for a walk. I want to feel good. And a lot of people think and sometimes they associate with food choices and the D word diet of pain and discomfort. And it isn't. You figure out what foods are really good for you that you enjoy eating mm-hmm. and and make that a habit or a ritual with everything else where you don't necessarily have to think about it. You just know it's like, okay, and you know, even you know, for here, you know, for her home, you know, I, I tend to make my meals during the week and my better half does it on the weekends because she's working, you know, outside of the home most of the time. And I'm working, you know, from home a good chunk of the time. So it's like, I'm here. Uh, so let me make and but I know each day I tend to creatures of habit tend to make the same things, you know, in my week and, you know, mix it up a little bit, but I know, and do the prep work and all that stuff. And it's, it's part of, 
a task or a, a, a duty or, it, but I don't, you know, I don't go, Oh, I got to make dinner. No, it's like, okay, it's time time to do the prep work. What do I need to have? Make sure I have everything. Good thing. There's a grocery store close by if I don't have something, but, um, but I tend to plan ahead and I'm thoughtful about what we eat. Cause again, I want to be able to feel good and give, get us the nutrients that we need to make us feel good. So we sleep well and all the other things. So, Getting to that habit and eating foods that are beneficial to you has a huge ripple effect on every other aspect of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you you raised so many great points in there. N- namely, you figured out what makes your body feel good as opposed to listening to what somebody else said. And you figured out um, how you wanted to feel. And so again, that that initial exploration is sometimes what's missing, especially often in in women, because we've been told we need to look a certain way, or we've been told we need to weigh a certain amount. And we've been so hyper-focused on that, that we sometimes I'll say, what do you like to eat? And people don't even know. They're like, I I have no idea because I've been eating off a plan or I've been eating, you know, based on what I should have for so long that I don't even know. And with the intolerances, even sometimes we even think we have an intolerance that we don't, but it's more because we thought we shouldn't eat that. And so it's, it's really unraveling all of that and getting in tune with what our bodies really want. And you know, based on how you feel, you know, based on if you are sleeping well, if your energy is good, if you feel good moving around the world and you're able to do the things you want to do, um, that's how you know. So in some ways it's very simple and in some ways, it's very complicated just because everyone has a different experience. And unfortunately, sometimes our upbringing can really cloud that. There can be traumatic issues that uh, impact how we approach food. Um, and again, our culture has so many messages for us. And our job is to really let go of those so that we can really figure out what works for us. So I, I love that. And I love how you said you figure it out, you make it a habit. Um, that's, that's all very true. Um, in intuitive eating, I know some people get a little confused and they think, well, I can't plan ahead if I'm being intuitive. But sometimes the planning can be very beneficial so that you know you have the foods that you like and that support you and they're already here in the house and you know what to do with them. So it's not this giant mystery every time it's time to eat. So... Yes, I always joke about, you know, what do we want to eat? I don't know. And then I always say, well, a restaurant chain need to come comes up with a, a name of, I don't know. That should be the name of the restaurant chain because then they would make a billion dollars every year because a lot of people have no idea what they want to eat where me planning and, you know, when we do the grocery order and all of that good stuff, we know, okay, what ingredients we have, okay, what do I want to do? And again, the intuitive and the creativeness of it is you get, creative and and i've done that with with dishes like okay here's a you know, recipe it's like okay well i don't have that particular spice okay mm-hmm. what other spices do i think would go well with this you know if if it bombs well then you know what uh, there's a phone call away we can order something yet you know in, in a pinch but you know usually it works out well because i i know the spices enough to go okay yeah that would be a good combination with that and improvising okay well you know, there's been several dishes that i've made you know over the last few years that are like okay wow that is uh, i definitely want to remember how to do that recipe 
because it, it was something that was really good and everybody liked it, which is sometimes a fighting battle in a household. You know, there's always always the one picky eater. I used to be that person. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> um, a funny story real quick. This was years ago. My parents were visiting and we ordered um, we ended up ordering sandwiches from a Subway place. And I, I forget what sandwich I had, but it had lettuce, tomato, veggies, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm eating my sandwich and my mom has this really frowning look on her face, looking at me. And I'm like, mom, what's wrong? And she said, when did you start eating that? (laughs) And I said, I didn't put it on the calendar, mom. I don't know. I don't know. 10, 15 years ago. You know how hard I try to get you to eat anything besides the four things you would eat as a child? Like, well, yeah. And what's funny is a couple of things they used to eat as a kid, I can't touch now. I can't stand it. Cottage cheese, for example, is one. I can't stand that stuff. I used to eat it all the time as a kid. I can't go near it now. Uh, it helps that I have a lactose intolerance issue too. But I just the texture and the taste of it, just no, I can't even go near it. Whereas a kid, could eat that all day um it's so funny how our our tastes change and that's one of those things too when when you experiment and you try different dishes um again you know understanding what your intolerances are makes a big difference as well yeah absolutely and uh, our tastes do change so a lot of times as parents we tend to panic if our kids aren't eating a certain way but given time and given them attuning to their own bodies, it's, it's all about sort of trusting the process that they are going to get to a point where they know the difference between feeling good and not feeling good. And they're going to make those choices too, to feel better. Um, and the other thing you mentioned um, about the, um, what was the story you were telling with the, Oh, I just lost it. Uh, maybe it'll come back to me. Um, with my mom and the sandwich or well the 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 I know that a lot of parents get a little stressed out about like vegetable intake and in kids and whatnot, and so I love that you just kind of came to it naturally, you started putting it in your sandwich, you enjoyed it, you figured out you liked it, um, and so there is that message again to parents to to somewhat trust the process uh, and not feel like you have to micromanage and control. Um, kids when they're eating as well. So in wrapping up, what's one piece of advice? I know you could give a ton of it, but what's one piece of advice you'd want to give to, to people uh, as far as you know, the life coaching and, and, and the food and, and combining the two of those uh, to have you know, an absolutely amazing and um, fulfilling life? Because food is a component. We have to eat. Uh, that's kind of the part of the deal. And we have to sleep and be productive and be happy and fulfilled in life. So um, food can definitely be a component of that. But, you know, what's one piece of advice you wish would really resonate with people uh, that they could uh, make a shift and, and live a happier and healthier lifestyle? Yeah, I would say if you feel like you have an issue with food or food just takes up way too much space in your brain, step back from the food for a minute. And try to go within and try to ask yourself, what else is here? What, what is it that I need? Is there something else beneath the surface of the food? Um, and I would also just say ha- cultivating that self-compassion and the non-judgment, no matter what you're doing. Again, your body is always trying to do the best thing for you. It's trying to keep you alive. 
Um, it, you know, during COVID, it was trying to help people deal with stress. So whatever it is you're doing, don't judge it. Just get curious about it and have compassion for yourself. Loving yourself is so critical. Um, and when you do that, you, again, it has a ripple effect on every other aspect of your life and you get to enjoy and actually taste food. Yeah, that's the thing that it was so wonderful about my experience and learning how to cook, which was much later in life, um, which is probably another thing that flourished my parents. Um, it's like, when did you start doing that? Um, it's like, well, you know, when you're working from home and, you know, you, it's like, let's, let's figure it out. It's like, sure. You know, you, you might spend $20 and have to throw a meal away, which definitely happened. But at the end of the day, it's like you, you start learning different things. But for me, tasting food and having it be an experience and you really getting the nutrients of what I'm eating and knowing it's going to make me feel good and give me the energy to, to really enjoy life is, is so critical. So that's, if there's a takeaway message from, from what we've talked about today is, you know, get, start tasting food again and finding those foods that are right for you is going to make a big, big difference in every aspect of your life. So Elizabeth, I love this conversation. Where could people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Uh, well, you can check me out at my website, which is elizabethhallcoaching.com. And I am on Instagram at elizabethhallcoaching. I'm on Facebook, elizabethhallcoaching. So I'm around and people can reach out, email me, ask questions. Um, I love to support people wherever they're at. That's awesome. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Elizabeth, thank you again for your time today and obviously uh, for this important work that you're doing. Thank you. It was great to be on. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.